I mean, one of our best advocates came from the prison system because she was in there, um, started writing us as a pen pal, and said that through her counseling in the prison system, she realized that because she never addressed her child sexual abuse, she didn't parent her children well. She subsequently lost one to drug use. Her other daughter has just a track record with the prison system that's a mile long, actually joined her in prison. So, I mean, this is a cycle. If we don't break it, we're going to continue seeing societal impacts. And people always say to me, like, well, how do we solve crime? Report abuse. That is how you solve every, I think, societal issue, because it all stems back to that place somehow. So secrecy, breaking that secrecy, breaking that silence is the big the big puzzle piece. I absolutely. Welcome to Meredith for Real, the Curious Introvert. That's me. I'm Meredith and I collect people for real. You never know who I'm going to meet next. So come listen as I put my curiosity to good use. Every week, I'll introduce you to someone new and we'll talk about ways to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, Court of DeLuna, Pensacola's newest event space, and to Delta Life Fitness in Pace, Florida, the 30-minute women's group fitness plan you can actually stick with. So imagine you're the head of a nonprofit that helps children who are victims of sexual abuse. Now imagine that you've also been voted best boss in Best of the Coast 2015 and in the top three in the year since. That is who we're talking to today. Today, Executive Director of the Gulf Coast Kids House, is gonna teach us what to listen for with the kids around us so we can be better advocates in our respective communities. Stay tuned until the end where we'll share ways that you can learn more and Stacy's gonna share some of her secrets to making what could be a downer work environment a little brighter. Beloved boss lady, <laughs> considers eating an important hobby. Mm-hmm. Planking champion, my aunt, Stacy Kostovicki. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I don't doubt the planking thing. I kind of thought it'd be a new Thanksgiving ritual we could do. That'd be better than the long walk. I'm game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know if my husband would be too keen on planking, but we'll find out. I don't think your uncle would either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you had told me um, that when kids are disclosing sexual abuse, they do it differently than adults. And you know, I. Ne- like I consider myself a kid person and mm-hmm. I have never even thought about that. So how do, how do adults disclose? Well, you know, it's funny because they're similar in some ways with kids. The younger they are, the more um, detailed and more spontaneous and deliberate they are with their disclosures because they don't have boundaries. They don't have a lot of fear or anxiety in them at that point. Um, And it also matters with gender and who the alleged perpetrator is. So if it's a family member and a boy who's been abused, then that disclosure is going to likely be very delayed. With adults, typically their um, disclosure to any kind of sexual abuse is also delayed because we've had all these years to build up shame and guilt and these trauma barriers. And like maybe that really wasn't what I thought it was. So, So true. Yeah. The younger you are, the the better your disclosure tends to be, except that sometimes kids will put out what we call test balloons. So I'm not sure how you're going to react to my child abuse. So I'll say that it happened to a friend or I'll say something kind of crazy like I was touched by a unicorn 
because I want to see how you're going to react to that. Because if you react super emotionally and you're like, what? That's crazy. No, you aren't. Then that then becomes a recantation where the child's like, never mind, didn't happen. And they might test it out on another adult or they might never tell anyone. Wow. Is it always, I guess there's no always and never. Right. Right. right as I was about to ask I that wish. question. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> we all wish there were. <laughs> that would make a very good, um, you know, action funnel like they do this then you do this exactly you yeah the path but that's not the flow the chart of disclosure <laughs> flow chart. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, you'll never see in exactly. a counselor's office flow chart of disclosure is it usually associated with some sort of um something that's disconnected to them it was a friend it was a unicorn or are there other ways that they test you um, not always. So another thing that they might do, what we always tell people, and this is just so nebulous, it's frustrating, is any change in behavior can be a sign of a disclosure. So a child might have, all of a sudden they're sleeping with all their bedroom lights on and their door wide open, things like that. So it's up to us as adults to look for those changes in behaviors and to have a meaningful question about, hey, I noticed your lights are on. Do you want to tell me how you're feeling? We don't want to ever insert what we think has happened to the child because then um, it can make the disclosure that much more complicated but doing really direct questioning about your feelings and why you might be doing something like that and making sure that kids know no matter what's happened it's not their fault and that you trust them and you believe them a lot of that is basic listening skills Yes, um, but we have a tendency as adults not to listen to kids too Isn't much. that sad? Well, they talk a lot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Truth <Sad>. bomb. <laughs> well, and we're busy and we're distracted with all these other things. That's and true. so, yeah, we always tell kids that they need to have five safe adults, one for every finger on their hand, and mm-hmm. they need to have adults in their home and out of the home because adults aren't great listeners. So basically, you lower the expe- expectations for kids. Like, listen, kids, adults, they kind of suck. So you got to try real hard. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And if you if it doesn't work with this one, go to the next one. Because we do. We have lots of distractions. <laughs> I never, this is kind of a whole new thought to me, that you'd have to train kids on how to talk to adults. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's what we realized and why we created a safe kid zone training, an adult 30-minute online training, was because we were realizing that we're in the schools, we're telling kids, you've got five safe adults, these are the words you use, I feel unsafe, or um, talk about where your swimsuit covers, and that kind of thing. And they're telling these adults these, or they're giving these test balloons these very clear indications that something's happening and the adults are missing them. So now our next... Um, goal is to really focus on educating the adults in our community to be better listeners. And is that, I mean, I think of anybody could be potentially benefit from that training, but are you focusing that training in specific industries like education or, you know, sports? A lot of our educators have mandated um, training that deals with that. So we've actually started digging more into corporate America because corporate America wants it to be a safe environment. Um, The reality is that back when you and I were growing up, you would have PTAs, you would have church assemblies, you would have places where adults would congregate more together. And we just don't have that so much now. We have it at work um, and we have corporate places that are motivated to be certified as a safe kid zone so they can kind of help us to force that education. 
That's a really good point. We're way less communal now. Very much so. I mean, even you go to some of these parent-teacher meetings, and it's one of five people that shows up. It's, and every person's important, but we have to look for where we can have our biggest impact. Yeah, and, and I could see the workplace. Everyone says, oh, my workplace, they're a second family. Mm-hmm. And so if they're likely to ha- hang out with their second family at the you know Friday fish fry their job and their kids get to visit or something I could see where that would be an opportunity right yeah and everyone appreciates professional development so it's just another perk for your staff that's true because it's not about just the information and getting it out there it's about who's motivated to absorb said information and actually put it into place exactly so as far as the Gulf Coast Kids House is concerned um, you, you're the umbrella for a lot of services for the kids, correct? Correct. So like, let's say a kid discloses, um, and the adult listens, thank Mm -hmm. goodness. So what happens next? So at that point, the adult would call either law enforcement or the child abuse hotline, which is 1-800-96-ABUSE. And that's through the Department of Children and Families. Um, we call them DCF. So DCF would send out an investigator that would get a basic disclosure from the child. And then they would take that and say, okay, we need you to go talk to our friends at the Gulf Coast Kids House. And there we have the child protection team who does a recorded interview with the child. That way the child isn't having to repeat their story over and over again. They're not um, having as many opportunities to become inconsistent in telling their stories. We also may do a medical exam there at the center, depending on how recent allegations are and whether it's physical or sexual abuse. Um, And our child protection team interviewers and medical providers work really closely with the state attorney's office that's located in our building. So we do fully prosecute out of that building, as well as refer to the mental health counselors there. So we are essentially a one-stop shop for that family. We have family advocates who their only job is to walk that family through the process, make sure that they have all the resources that they need, um, whether that's clothes, diapers, help with trying to find a job. Um, We have a great partnership with Mana Food Pantries to get emergency food. But just make sure that family feels supported because no one ever suspects that they're going to be in an abuse situation, and it's a really disconcerting place to be. I can imagine, yeah. So as a member of the community, if you suspect something's going on, a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, I've heard people say, and I felt this way, I mean, how do you know? Mm-hmm. You don't want to ruin someone's life because you send DC, you know what we all think of DCF, right? Right. Yes. They're going to rip the kids right out of the home. Yeah. No, I mean, I grew up with it. If my mom was running to the grocery store, she's like, do not tell anyone I left you alone because HRS is going to come take you away. So um, that's really beautiful and innocent that that's the way that went down, because I would be like to my parents, I'm going to call Child Protective Services on you. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah. Tale of two children. (laughs) I think I was like that in my later years. This was probably when I was much younger. Uh, uh, I see. (laughs) But yeah, um, that's what we try to tell people is no one's goal is to pull the kids out of their home, especially if they're siblings. We want to keep the siblings together. It's so hard to remove a child. Um, So what you're doing by suspecting that there's abuse and you're calling the Department of Children and Families is you're getting a trained professional in that home just to see what's going on. A lot of times they're able to uncover things like substance abuse or domestic violence or just financial resources, and they're able to help that family and keep them together 
work a case plan with the family, but no one's goal is to remove the child from their parent. That's where the child wants to be. Right. And it's also financial strain on the state, correct? Absolutely. So from a very bottom line perspective, that wouldn't be the end goal. No. So how, like, how do you address the part of, you know, oh, well, what if I, you know, uh, report this and they go to the house and then, you know, the abuser's there because the abuser is a member of family and then it gets worse for the kid and then I have put the kid in more danger. You know, let's just wait till the kid's 18 and then he Mm. or she can move out because that's a better scenario than getting the authorities involved. Yeah, a delayed or non-disclosure is not a good disclosure. I mean, the, the bottom line is that if a child doesn't have the opportunity to be safe or to get to safety, they're going to be facing long-term consequences their whole life. There was a really fantastic TED Talk by um, Dr. Naomi Burke who talked about ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, and how the more of those you have, the the greater your long-term consequences are. Everything from like heart disease to diabetes to... Um, psychological issues to an inability to form an emotional connection. So the thing that we can't say anymore is that they'll grow out of it. They'll forget it. They'll get past this because they don't. It's just trauma that they then hold on to that then they pass on to their children. So we're creating this cycle of a broken society by not stepping in. Hmm. So that's how important it is. It's literally a matter of their health because they hold that trauma in their bodies. Absolutely. And their parenting. I mean, one of our best advocates came from the prison system because she was in there, um, started writing us as a pen pal and said that through her counseling in the prison system, she realized that because she never addressed her child sexual abuse, She didn't parent her children well. She subsequently lost one to drug use. Her other daughter has just a track record with the prison system that's a mile long. Actually joined her in prison. So, I mean, this is a cycle. If we don't break it, we're going to continue seeing societal impacts. And people always say to me, like, well, how do we solve crime? Report abuse. That is how you solve every, I think, societal issue, because it all stems back to that place somehow. So secrecy, breaking that secrecy, breaking that silence is the big, the big puzzle piece. I absolutely think so. So how most of us don't think like, oh, I probably am around at-risk kids all the time, unless we volunteer in that capacity. How can we as adults who are not around necessarily at-risk kids practice listening to kids. Hey everyone, it's time to take a quick minute and show gratitude to our sponsors who make this show possible and give you some special offers. Delta Life is ladies group fitness in Pace, Florida, and I've been a member since 2016. I get bored super easy and I'm great at talking myself out of exercise, like expert level 5,000. So having a class to show up that's different every time has been a winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. And with it just being 30 minutes, there's really no reason not to go. 
Plus, they do fun social stuff like Christmas pajama parties, little black dress events, and challenges. You can get your first class free to try it out. You can even come with me. There's no annual contract. It's all fitness levels, free childcare. Plus, if you mention the Meredith For Real podcast on your first visit, you'll get a free five-pack of classes so you can really see if you like it. Check them out at deltalifefitness.com. And also thank you to Court of DeLuna event space. I freaking love this place. We shoot the show in the groom's room, which is complete with a pool table and all of the awesome memorabilia in the background that you see when we're shooting. But there is also a bride's room with five individual lighted vanities. Big deal if you're getting ready with your bridal party. There's a huge indoor space and outdoor courtyard with jumbo jenga and checkers. The whole place can do events for up to a thousand people and it's in downtown Pensacola. There's an on-site coordinator and I'll tell you, she did my wedding, so she's the real deal. You've got to see all their pictures of the cool events they've done and the community events that they have coming up. It's not just weddings, it's car shows, corporate events, 80s theme, New Year's party, masquerade ball. You can see everything on their Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Court of DeLuna. Well, I would say um, even with just, even before listening, let's talk about keeping kids safe. So if you're in an environment where you see a child disappear one-on-one with an adult, step in. Or if you are, you know, visiting a daycare center or a youth camp and you see that none of their doors have windows, talk to them about that. Oh, I would have never thought of that. Mm-hmm. It's huge to just have a watchful eye. I hate to say, I'm going to say vigilant, not paranoid, but mm-hmm. be vigilant about the environments that the kids are in. And then as far as listening goes, If a child is talking to you and starting to say things that you're like, hmm, this is, I'm not sure where this is going, you can use just open-ended questions. That's really important. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, Do not insert something into the conversation like, well, did you say your uncle was the one or was it a pencil? What's a cupcake? You can ask those. So that's a really annoying one. Sorry, you might have to edit this, but... People don't call penises penises and vaginas vaginas. Right. So that kills us in child protection because a child will come in and talk about her pocketbook or her cupcake. I wondered what you were saying. I was like, cupcake? I'm I'm sure this is going to make sense at any moment, but now I understand. Yeah, or their cookie. And so that will trip up a disclosure in a minute because in your household, if you call your vagina a cookie and then you try to tell me that someone's touched your cookie, I'm going to be like, well, good. I hope you shared. You know, it's so it's it's horrifying. We just have to we have yeah, we have eyes, we have ears, we have noses, we have penises, we have vaginas. But we don't have penises. But yeah, right. In theory, in theory, we as we as the collective human species. (laughs) Correct. We are in possession of them. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's an interesting way that as adults, because that's easy. I mean, we can we can easily make that change, you know, even as parents. um, That's a way that I've. I think parents could probably um, set themselves up for conversations that might have to happen Mm -hmm. or that the kids might want to have, even if it's not about abuse, but you're setting that stage for this is okay. This is not a shameful thing. We're going to use the correct terms for all the parts. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, boundaries and, 
age-appropriate ways. Like, we, we'll use a hula hoop a lot to say, like, everyone's got their little invisible hula hoop. And if you don't want someone in your hula hoop, it's okay to say, like, yeah, you're a little too close to me. Um, we also, we don't hug at the kid's house. If a child runs up to you and gives you a hug before you can get out of it, we're like, that was a fantastic hug, you know, but I would really like if you'd ask me in the future. Mm. I prefer to high-five. Even our therapy dog trooper high-fives. So there's things like that that parents can start to use early and often with their kids that if you ever don't want to hug an adult, you don't have to. Right. That's so so good. Yeah. Do you, at the Gulf Coast Kids House, do you do these trainings with the kids that aren't in receiving services? Because it seems like if we could just get this message out prior, exactly, all those lessons would be super helpful. We are in the school system doing training with the kids. It's called um, Monique Burr Foundation's Child Safety Matters. So in that, we're talking about all sorts of safe behaviors, safe adults, um, prevention techniques, and it's all age-appropriate, non-threatening. The kids have great little dance moves that go with all the safety rules. Um, So we do that K through 12th grade. And we also do the adult education. But the therapists, once the kids get to the kids' house, are working a lot with trying to reshape their boundaries and the things that um, kids haven't had an opportunity to learn if they came from an abusive situation. Yeah. Or even from like different socioeconomic situations where, um, you know, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, (laughs) Mm -hmm. knowing some of the things that you've just shared are not at the bottom. They're not at the base. So you're just trying to do food, shelter, keep everyone uh, safe and and all of that. So, um, yeah, some of those things, which get dropped by the wayside, which is why having a tribe of safe adults would be important because, um, as a, you know, tired parent, you're, Mm -hmm. you're not going to catch on to the the cookie statement or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. If you're worried about how you're going to pay your bills, you're not going to be that active listener that kids are requiring. So that's, um, once a child has had the courage to disclose their abuse and they end up at the kid's house, we really do try to do everything within our means to make sure that that family is supported so that they can move on to that next level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, move on to that mental health level and start healing and recovering. So the services there are not just about, um, just, they're not just for the kid. They're, oh, no. they're, they're kind of like that whole support structure because I, I guess I wonder if a misconception about the Gulf Coast Kids House is, you know, this is where the kids who have bad things happen, they go, and then the Gulf Coast Kids House waggles their mm-hmm. finger at them and says, you know, you're a bad parent, and then, um, and then they're on their way. Right. That is a huge misconception. That's why we try to do a lot of community events, like we just had Pancakes with Santa. Try to invite the community in to teach them that we're, we're not a scary place. We're all in this together. We know that parenting is hard. Um, And with the mental health counselors in particular, they will not even work with a child if they don't have a non-offending caregiver to work with them Mm -hmm. because they know that family support, that's where the child is going home to. You might have them for an hour, but you've got to create that supportive network at home for the child and for the adult because parenting an abused child is very different than parenting a child who's never been abused. Yeah, so you would need that extra help you need help yeah I mean we all need help so <laughs> ain't that the truth <laughs> right. I know so tell me about the um, online resource for for adults who want to learn more 
um, either just because, you know, they are in a tight knit neighborhood or maybe they're a karate instructor. Maybe Mm -hmm. they um, volunteer at their church or with Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. How can they really um, kind of cement all the stuff that we've talked about? So we have a lot of different ways. Um, We'll do a custom training for anyone, anytime. I mean, we've been down at the police station at their 2 a.m. musters doing training for the cadets there. But um, we do stewards of children. That's monthly at our facility. It's a two-hour child sexual abuse prevention program. The one that we're really proud of and really pushing right now is Safe Kids Zone because we're all busy. We get it. Um, We also get that not everyone wants to talk about child sexual abuse. It's a very touchy topic um even in this room you know there's five of us probably one of us has been a victim so you just you never know your audience so safe kids zone is a really easy way 30 minute online training for any adult to learn about child abuse about disclosure about reporting and just become a better advocate for kids Um, and again going back to corporate america and trying to force some training We are encouraging corporations to commit with us that 80% of their workforce will do this training. We do a pre-test, post-test, and then you become a certified safe kid zone. You get your social media shout out. You get just that feel good for your staff. So it's free. Every training we do is free. If we aren't offering it, we'll figure it out and offer it to you. I've sat with a number of churches and created um, like child safe practices kind of things too so we'll review your policies we'll work with you that's really cool and the other thing that I was hoping that you would share with us is when you're talking about corporate and work environments is um winning best boss for so many years I I googled you again (laughs) I've been googling you a lot (laughs) great (laughs) and um the yeah you won in 2015 and then literally like every year after that it was in the top three I think so you're obviously doing something right in the office that other people probably want to know about and so I know every time I visit your (laughs) office there is something Uh. really interesting going on um I didn't actually know that the state attorney's office was housed there until my most recent visit when we had the pantyhose on our heads and we were doing the competition to raise money for United Way um that was pretty fun so you just (laughs) never know what a Mary Kay delivery to the Gulf Coast kids house is going to turn out like (laughs) I know yeah it's um well it's tough work you know so we we try to make it a fun environment we obviously all have kind of a warped sense of humor by this point (laughs) so apologies to anyone that might have overheard anything in that building Um, but we do try to do what I call spirit sprinkles once a month we've got some great volunteers that will come in and help Um, like we've done I'll take the little donation card around with ice cream bars and play the ice cream truck music oh yeah and deliver ice cream bars to people um what you experienced most recently were our inaugural office olympics to support the united way of west florida so every day there was a different olympic challenge um meredith and i had to put pantyhose on our heads <laughs> with a tennis ball tucked mm-hmm. in the foot and try to knock over water bottles um, we were very bad at it. It's a lot harder than you think. Yeah. yeah. I watched that one guy twist the pantyhose and I'm like, that yeah. guy's on to something. Mm-hmm. Note to self, He's if I'm ever in practicing. this situation again, we can make that the other family challenge. I like it. Ooh, there's another one too. It's called Taste the Rainbow, where you have to suck up Skittles in a straw and sort them into cups based on color. Okay. 
So that one was pretty fun. Um, so you do things like you do once a month, you do something you called sprinkle spirit, sprinkle spirit, sprinkle. Mm -hmm. And that's something simple and just immediate happiness. And then every once in a while you do like a team fun game or activity. Yep. And we do lots of food. I mean, like I said, it's one of my hobbies. So (laughs) food is very important. Yeah. Yep. We do lots of potlucks and things like that. Um, trying to think oh the best one this is everyone's favorite we do the adult easter egg hunt every easter where we hide eggs and you have to turn them in for bottles of wine or little liquor bottles (laughs) and we do that at the church right across the street (laughs) that's perfect yeah they've been so kind to us for so many years that's why we just hide the eggs not the bottles you gotta turn those in right right this is good Well, this has been so awesome. If any of you listening, I didn't ask a question that you wanted answered, then um, send me a message. I will harass you with the questions and we'll send out a bonus episode via email. So thank you so much. That's a wrap. You did great. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends and leave a review. You can also watch the episodes on YouTube. There's hidden curious caches in each episode and the first two people to find them win a prize. So be sure to get my emails for clues and other insider perks at meredithforreal.com.